You can save up to 80% of your hosting costs by switching to Flight Control. Flight Control is a new deployment platform by the creator of Blitz.js that solves the age-old Heroku versus AWS trade-off by bringing the Heroku-style developer experience natively to AWS. The beauty of Flight Control is that it doesn't require any AWS skills, but since it deploys to your AWS account, you have the ability to inspect and tweak anything should the need arise. Flight Control works with any language or framework. It supports servers, static sites, and databases. Sign up at flightcontrol.dev and use the code SOFTWARESOCIAL to get 20% off your first three months. Hey, Colleen. Good morning, Michelle. I think this is episode number 85. Cool. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah. And, you know, something got me thinking the other day. Actually, I I meant to reach out to them before I talked about this, but I guess I'll just do that after. So I saw that some guys started a podcast for two founders talking about, you know, starting indie businesses and stuff like that. Awesome. People seem to like these podcasts where founders talk to each other about starting companies. And they're just launching. And they were able to sell ads for over $600 each episode. So tell me about these guys. So it's James McLevin from, from Indie Bites. I think I said his name wrong. And then Dan Rowden, who's like an Build in Public guy. So they're launching a podcast, super cool. But they did this thing where they launched a form actually with Reform right? Peter's saying reform connected to Stripe. So people could just like go on the calendar and pick a date. And then they just kept, I guess, kept raising the rates until people stopped buying it. But they got to over 600 pounds per episode, which is over $600. And like people were buying them. And that's so awesome for them. But on the one hand, it kind of made me think we're doing something wrong with the business of this podcast. I mean, now granted, Dan has like 30,000 followers and neither one of us does. I mean, even the two of us, like we're normal people. We're not Twitter, you know, big deals. But still kind of thinking, you know, like we've been steadily raising our rates for ads, but we're nowhere close to that. And it's kind of like, should we? Or I don't know, I guess. So I want to talk about like the business of this podcast basically. And people have been super conversational in the Twitter community I got to make. And so we're going to talk about it here, but maybe our listeners can jump in with ideas on how we could better monetize this podcast. And maybe that's adds with me. It's like other things too, because I just feel like maybe we're, you know, like we put a lot of time into this and a lot of people listen to it. And maybe this is worth more than we're charging for it. Okay. I have lots of thoughts on this. I think the first thing to think about is we don't structure this podcast like a business. We're not actively trying to grow it. I think if we want to bring in more ad dollars, we need more listeners. And I know we have a lot, but you know, Rob Walling gets thousand, ten, twenty thousand an episode. So I think we need to figure out if that's what we want to do. And if we do want to do that, there's a lot of things we could do to actively grow our listenership. If we want to do that. Honestly, the thing about podcast sponsorship is I don't know that it's super effective. I didn't even tell you this, so you're going to love this. Okay, so someone from a VC-backed startup reached out to me, and they are trying to find a way to use podcasts to reach you know more people, and their mission like fit in really well with our audience. But what he said, and again, they presumably have a fair amount of money because they're funded is they have found that ads just aren't really effective and he wanted to do sponsored podcasts. So he wanted to have one of his, men- he is, it's a mentorship company. 
one of his mentors come on our podcast and basically do a sponsored podcast, which is a whole different business model that we've never talked about. But his opinion was that it was a lot, they got a lot more, you know, return on that kind of investment. So what I'm saying is maybe ads aren't the best way to monetize a podcast. And I just think we need more listeners. Like our listenership is steadily growing, but if we really want it to grow, we need to, like your episode with Arvid, did he play that on his feed? Uh, I don't think so. So we should start doing stuff like that. I'm I'm down to do it. I just think that we got to figure out what we want if we want to go that route. And Let's back up. Let's back up okay. for a second. So I ran the numbers on this, like, I think there's the the conversation of like, how much of a business do we want this to be? And I have so many thoughts on that. And like, why do we even do this in the first place? But I right. think we just need to start with the numbers just so we all have a sense of where that's at. Okay. Okay. So year number one, 2020. We're in year number three of this podcast. Okay. What? Sorry. So year number one, we paid Transistor about $500 and we paid $100 for otter.ai for transcription. And we had zero sponsors. Well, I guess like Jucodio was the sponsor. So for 2020, this podcast was negative $618.94, not including the cost of me buying a mic and any expenses you may have. All that stuff. Yep. Yeah. But so basically negative 600 bucks for the first year. Cool. 2021, we started having sponsors because Balsamic reached out to us. We hadn't even considered having sponsors. And then they reached out and wanted to sponsor. Actually, I didn't even reply to their email for like two months because it went to our software social inbox and I never checked it. And I was like, oh, somebody wants to pay us. And then we were like, do we want to do that? Is going to make it like less fun? Is it going to feel more like work? And you were like, yeah, hi, I'm like trying to get something off the ground here. It would be really useful to have like money. Some of us need the money, Michelle. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) fair. That's fair. So we took, thank you, Balsamic. We took that. We charged them $500, I think, for more than a month's worth. I think it was like six or eight weeks. Anyway, so that was $62.50 per episode was the first ad we sold. And I did some like research based on, it's like CPM is the thing that like cost per million, which is actually like cost per thousand listens that like Transistor had. It was really hard to figure out like what to charge for a podcast ad, um, especially when you're a little one like us, but that felt reasonable and they were willing to pay it. So cool. So all in all throughout last year, we actually ended up getting $4,700 in ad revenue, slowly raising our rates up to about, depending on how long people bought for either a hundred or $94. And then our expenses were the same, uh, Transistor and Otter. So we ended with $4,111 last year. And then this year, so our expenses will be going up because we not only have Transistor and Otter. Did you buy a paid Descript? Yeah, I bought paid Descript. How much was that? I don't remember. Okay. 15 bucks a month or something. I mean, I use that for myself personally as well. So I consider that a Colleen business expense, not a software social business expense. Okay. But then we also have, you know, we paid Zencaster for post-production. We're paying someone to do additional editing and help with getting the episodes loaded in and adding the ads on and stuff like that, which is $50 an episode, right? And has that been every episode so far this year? We just started, what, three episodes ago? Okay, so that's only $150 so far. 
So then all in all, with our sponsorships sold through the end of April, including the expenses, we are at a net of just under $1,000 so far this year. And what does that project out at the current rate? If we continue to have a podcast editor, we'll, we're not increase. It depends if we increase, I guess. But. Yeah, I, actually, I haven't done a projection. So it'd be a great use case for Matt Wensing's tool site, but I just have a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it would be reasonable if, if we end up probably around that $4,000 mark again, because our expenses are going up and yes, our rates are going up. But like, I ran through like a million like things in my head about this. Like, could we have, you know, two ads? So we currently have one ad. Could we have right. two ads in the beginning? But then like, does everybody just skip those? Right. Or I don't know, should they be mid roll instead, which is when it's like halfway through the episode, but is that annoying? Other things like sponsored episodes or some people have suggested swag that feels really complicated. So here's the thing. Okay. Let me tell me the thing. brain dump on you. I know. I'm here for it. Let's do it. <laughs> You're like, you know, this is coming. <laughs> Why do we do this podcast in the first place? What was the number one reason we started this podcast? To be a different and hopefully inspirational voice for people trying to start their businesses. That is a wonderful professional elevator pitch for our podcast, but it is not the true reason we started this podcast. <laughs> the real reason is so we could keep hanging out. Correct. So the real reason <laughs> is to force us to talk to each other each week, even though we are, you know, an ocean and lots of landmass away from each other. That was the reason, right? Is our right. own loneliness in being founders. That was it. And to keep us talking to each other, but our own loneliness. And then force us to have an appointment to talk to each other, which honestly, like, I wish I had podcasts with all of my friends. Also, I wish all of my friends had podcasts so I could listen to them. Like, everybody should have just a podcast. That's, that's my opinion. So our own loneliness. But then also, as we started doing this, you know, we realized where these other things of like, hey, there really aren't any women talking about, like, running an indie business like especially in indie SaaS. Of course, now there's like Benedicta is on Slow and Steady. And I guess Nicole from Webinar Ninja has her podcast less focused. It's a little bit of business. I love it, but it's not a founder ride-along podcast sort of like we are. But like there mm -hmm. still aren't really a lot of women. And it's actually Benedict from the Slow and Steady podcast was one of the people that was like, you guys should do this. Like there aren't any women podcasting. And we had joked about it. So that was kind of the thing going on. But then I think as we started doing this from the early episodes, we realized that like beyond solving our own sense of like isolation, that we could help other people feel less alone because just most of us don't have anybody in our daily lives who is trying to run a small internet business on their own. Like, I know, <laughs> you know, I have this t-shirt that says I have a fake internet business because like, that's what most people in our daily lives think we do. Even my own husband's confused. He's like, what are you doing? I don't get it. His job is very easy. He flies a helicopter. Very right, easy to right. explain. You have an image uploading software. No one, knows. That... No one understands. It's like, why don't you go to a real job where you make real money? <laughs> Just kidding. He's never said that. He is very wonderful and supportive. <laughs> um, but so we realized that there was kind of this almost a space for like the community in this too of like other founders and also having other founders be part of the conversation too. And so being not just about like through our sharing our own journeys, I guess helping other people feel less alone, right? Like Brene Brown says that, you know, the only feeling worse than shame is feeling alone. And so helping other people feel less alone, but then also like not, I think we've talked about this, like 
podcasts in general, there's kind of this like, oh, let's get a big, you know, marquee guests on. Like, and that is just not us at all. We look for people who have something interesting to say who more people should know about rather than somebody who is already a big deal in most cases, right? You don't have to already been a success. You don't have to have sold your company. You don't have to be making millions of dollars a year. If anything, it's almost more interesting if you're not making anything or, right? Like, cause that's where most people are. And that's what helps us feel less alone in all of this. And so none of those three reasons I just listed have anything to do with making money. <laughs> right. Like at all. Yeah. I think the making money just happened to us. Yeah. Which is good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we I just mean, went with hey. it. But it's also like, well, and I look at our list of sponsors too, and it's like, these are our friends. I don't know if I would feel right. Okay, maybe we could charge, I don't even know if we could charge $500 an episode, quite frankly. Again, people are probably paying for the fact that Dan Rowden has like 30,000 Twitter followers, and so there's going to be a lot of reach that we're not getting. We got to have him on the pod, by the way. I guess so. Now that we're talking about that. We got to reach out to him and ask him to come on the pod (laughs) and talk about this. But anyway, continue on. There's an episode I recorded with James like months ago that will come out. So I've been on his, but yeah, where was I? Okay, so maybe we could charge $500 an episode. Maybe we could charge $250 an episode. I don't know. But like, I don't want to milk our friends for money. Like, I feel weird about that, especially where we're not actively trying to make money on this. And we were actually kind of talking the other day of like, what is the point of making money with it? Like, yes, we have these expenses, but we're also putting a lot of time into it. And you propose the idea that it becomes the Michelle and Colleen conference fund, which funds basically the two of us doing our little founder retreat once a year to a conference like Founder Summit or something else, which I really like. Okay. So I think there's a lot of problems here. Okay. I think the first problem is to your point, our founders, I'm sorry, our sponsors tend to be people we know and that are our friends. I think that's the first problem. I think if we need to decide what we- no, it's not bad. It's great that that our friends want to support us, but we need to get, if we're going to be, ser- if, and again, we have to decide, if we want to be serious about it, then we need to figure out how do you find podcast sponsors outside of Twitter? I mean, do we want to go like cold pitch people to be sponsors? No, like- there's got to be a marketplace for this. This has got to be a thing. Oh, actually, somebody told me about one. Guarantee it exists somewhere. But like, do we even have the analytics though? Because I had somebody reach out to me who I like didn't know them, didn't know the company, didn't, you know, not a friend. And like, they were asking for all these analytics on our demographics and and all this kind of stuff of who listens to the podcast. And I didn't have any of that information. And like, yes, we're still running the survey on our listeners, which you should go to our Twitter and take it as the pinned tweet. But like, I feel like a real legit professional podcast would say, oh, yes, our average listener is this income and they're this position. And like, they buy this much per, you know, like sort of stuff that like consumer brands would want to know. Like, and then they just like dropped off. I sent them yeah. what we had and yeah. with our listener data and they never replied to me. So okay. I just kind of got this feeling that we're just not like legit enough for like real sponsors. From Here's what I think. Don't know us. Here's the thing is this is when we started it to your point, it was just supposed to be something fun we did every week. But as it has grown into a business, it has brought with it a lot more responsibilities. And so are we happy with the level of additional responsibility that has been put and pressure really that has been put on this podcast? If we're okay with it, then I think we should try to grow it because why not charge $500 an episode? That'd be cool. 
Like, I'm on board. Or we can say, this is fine. We like the pace. We like what we're doing. Here's where I get frustrated. It's like, you don't let me skip a week ever. And so, guys, <laughs> Michelle doesn't let me skip a week. If I'm like, I'm tired, she's like, no, you're not tired. Get out of I'm bed. standing over you with a whip to make sure a Basically. Gets out. And so it's interesting because we introduced the concept of guests to give each other a little bit of a break. And we've had this conversation. But I love, 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 love having guests on. But it is also a lot of work because when I have a guest on, I am going to find a podcast they have been on already because most of our guests have already done some podcasts. I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to think about what I want to ask them. Then I have the actual like having them on. So that takes, even if it's only an hour, that's going to, if it's a morning, that's going to take three, three hours. You know, it takes a chunk of my work day to do that. Mm. And I love having guests. However, you know, I have three businesses now because this is now a business. And so I, I don't know, like, I love the idea of trying to grow this podcast. Honestly, I feel like for me, some people blog, I just can't get into blogging. This is for me, like a great experience and a great way to talk through stuff and talk to you and meet interesting people. But what I'm trying to say is we're already treating it like a business. So why don't we really treat it like a business? Mm. Like we're already doing that because you already won't let me skip a week. <laughs> <laughs> People like it. People like that we publish every week. We're very yeah, predictable who cares? and reliable. And I know, I know. Michelle. We've also published 85 episodes and are only charging basically $100 an episode. And then meanwhile, people show up with no episodes and they're charging 500, which makes me feel like we are doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is the crisis I'm having about this right now. And just, I've been sitting on this for like, since I made this spreadsheet earlier this week, just like stewing about it. So I feel like I just have like, I'm overflowing with things to say about it. This sponsor podcast thing is really interesting. Did you get a sense for them? Like what they, what they're picturing for that? Uh, well, I showed them our numbers and I told them we charged for ads. I told them we charged $300 an episode and I haven't <laughs> heard back. So that's oh. how that went. So, okay. So you tried to raise our rate and then it went cold. That's exactly what happened. I mean, it could be something where it's, you know, a, a 30 minute episode where like I get pitched all the time, all the time for guests. And we are very selective about who we bring on, fortunate position that, that we can be. But like if some company is willing to pay us 30 minutes for a half an hour episode so that their founder can come on and we do it as a bonus episode, Maybe that's okay. Can we just interview them? Like, and everybody knows it's in it. I don't know. Like, is that? Yeah, I think it's totally cool. I mean, that's a whole thing. Okay, so if you go yeah. back, uh, did you ever listen to the startup podcast with Alex Bloomberg from um, yes. NPR? Startup podcast. Okay. Yeah. And when he when he was talking about growing Gimlet Media, his company before they were acquired by Spotify, they were talking about this very thing. I think it was eBay did a whole sponsored podcast with them. And the concept I think is really cool. Like if you still own the podcast, you still say whatever you want, but the podcast is sponsored. So yeah, let's say they say, I want this guest on. You wouldn't have someone on who wasn't a good fit. So you would only have someone on who already fit the tenor of your podcast. Mm. And it's just like one episode. Yeah. And not yeah. Like I mean, a series. Yeah. I mean, this company like sponsored series podcast. Like, yeah. I would just do an episode. I mean, this company, like I said, they, they didn't reach out maybe because our listenership is too low, but 
the concept I was totally fine with because it was literally a, me- a SaaS mentoring company. So I was like, yeah, I could totally, you know, have one of yeah. your mentors come on and mentor me for an hour and see. And that would be great yeah, PR for them. That would be cool. I mean, I love interviewing people. I mean, I, I feel like I could interview a pile of gravel and make it interesting. There here's, is something interesting in everybody. Um, here's the thing. None of yeah. this works unless we have more listeners. I think we are stuck, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the reason we can't charge $500 an episode is because we only get 900 downloads an episode, which is a lot, well, BTW. not even that, actually. Not even we're not seven stuck. to eight. We're not I didn't stuck, say we were. though. I will push back on that. Like, we are- so well, we I didn't 50, say stuck. Okay. We're at 52,000 downloads total. I'm pulling up our listener trends on Transistor. I mean, last month, we got almost 4,000 downloads total, and we did- Okay, and we did- I don't know how many Tuesdays were there in January? Four or five? So we, I mean, I guess we did get about eight to 800 to a thousand downloads per episode. And that's from like when we started, like our, like August, 2020, we had 777 downloads total for the whole month. And now we get that basically at least that per episode. Okay. Here's so our growth is really good. I think. Here's what I think. If we want to raise our rates, we need more listeners. This style of podcast does not attract high listenership. The kinds of podcasts that attract high listenership are the kinds where you have interesting guests on. Now, we've started doing a lot more guests, which is why I think we have had our listenership growing. But I think, like, that's a lot. Like, I'm not saying it's not, but I think compared to when you talk, when you want to talk ads and other things, it's not a lot. So, There's little things we could do. Like every time we have a guest on, if they have a podcast, you know, they put our podcast out in their feed, right? Like cross promotion and stuff like that. But I think Alex did that, by the way. Yeah. I just don't think we have the listenership to demand a higher rate because we can't. The thing about attribution and podcasting is it's really hard. Like you can't. How do they know they're $500? Because they'd buy a month. So now they're at two grand. Like what's the value in it for them? I don't want to lose who we are. Because I feel like we have a very unique point of view and people really appreciate this. Like just someone this week was tweeting about how they felt like it was the same rotating cast of characters on all of the software podcasts. And somebody chimed in that like ours and, you know, a handful of others are like the only ones that that aren't like that, that aren't different. Like I don't want to become a podcast that's just interviewing people with 100,000 followers. That are already yes, successful. Okay, right. that would... Give us more listeners. I would expose us to more people. I mean, of course, Arvid has 50,000 people, but like Arvid, I feel like Arvid's like, I don't know. Arvid isn't one of those like- A man of the people. Thought leader-y people, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> a he's just a nice person, right? And actually he did republish the episode we did with Danielle to his feed, by the way. Yeah. When we did that last, yeah, like a year and a half ago. I don't want to do that. I mean, yes, it would be cool to like, if we did our Atomic episodes, uh, Atomic Habits episode and I had interviewed James Clear, I mean, that would have been awesome. But like, the thing is, is- that's not like, I feel like the core of our show is that it's relatable and that's not relatable. And I, so I wouldn't reject it if it came my way, but at the same time, like it is just as important to me to interview people who have 10 followers and, and talk about that experience because that is what everyone is feeling. And, and what people are not getting is that feeling of relating to other people and feeling like normal, right? Like feeling like there's other people in your situation. That's so powerful. And that's what drives me to do this. And we can't lose that. Okay. Here's the thing, Michelle. If you hadn't seen this guy tweet or whatever he did about his $600 an episode, would we even be having this conversation? Maybe not. Maybe not. Because what we're doing is just fine right now. 
Yeah. But it sounds like you don't like Just Fine. I'm just saying, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Yeah. People point out to me that we are the only podcast hosted by two women talking about indie sass. The only podcast. Yeah. There's one other that has one female host that I can think of. If there are more, please let me know because I would love to listen to them. I am not one to trot out my womanness, so to speak. I feel like <laughs> as a professional, like I'm very much like, uh, I really, awesome. it, it, it only became something that I even really thought about once it became clear to me that like other people perceived me differently because I was a woman, if that makes sense. Like I never really walked in kind of on a crusade, so to speak, from the get-go. But like that seemed like... Aren't people willing to pay for that? Isn't there's more value beyond the time we put into it and stuff like? No, they're not. They're not. You know why? They don't care. Let me tell you. Okay. Colleen's about to soapbox. Do it. People pretend that they care about supporting women, but they don't really care unless you have numbers to back it up. Right? So it doesn't matter that we're the only women doing this. That's not So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can't, you can't add that as a, like, that's a nice to have if we can provide the value, but like, they don't care. But like you reached out to someone said, we've got 85 weeks of publishing every week. We're getting, you know, 900, eight, 900 downloads every episode. And yet a podcast with zero listeners, again, nothing against them, but like a podcast with zero listeners can charge over $600 an episode, but we can't because you asked for 300 and you got ghosted. Yeah. I got ghosted at 300, but his reach. That is really frustrating. Yeah. But his reach, he is internet famous. Yeah, no, right? I mean, so, again, this is not about them. That person specifically. I get it. Like, right. We're right, not yeah, We're exactly. not bashing that. Yeah. It's just it's kind just, of frustrating. This yeah. is what being a woman in tech is about, Michelle. <laughs> this yeah. is the whole deal, man. I yeah. hate that too. I wish people would just forget I was a woman most of the time. Like the I really deal. don't care. I just want to run my businesses and, and do my work and... Just have them like, if they could just like forget I had a gender, that would be awesome. And then actually maybe they would pay me more. That would be cool. I think, I mean, I honestly think that like being a woman (laughs) here, this is my, this is my whole philosophy on being a woman in tech. So this is probably going to offend a lot of people. But at first, in the very beginning, it's a good thing because you're a novelty. But when the rubber meets the road, people don't really want to listen to women. They really want to listen to other men because they can identify with them better. And most of our listeners are men. And most of maybe them are that's wonderful. Uh, uh, no, and I don't mean that like if you're listening, like I'm not trying to be, you know, mean or nasty. That is just, and maybe I just have this like 20 years of bias, but the novelty of us being women has worn off. And when push comes to shove, people want to give men money. They don't want to give women money. They want to listen to men. They don't really want to listen to women. And that's just, okay, maybe I'm super jaded, but that has always I mean, been everyone my listening to this right now is proving that wrong, right? Like everybody yeah, yeah, sure. listening we to appreciate this you. right now is proving that they themselves don't hold that bias, that, that, that maybe they have forgotten that we're women, right? And like, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, I, I listen to myself think about this kind of a weird way of putting that, but like, I'm like, don't make excuses. We just don't have that many listeners, right? Like neither one of us is a big deal. We are just normal founders. Like we have what, like 8,000 Twitter followers between us, right? Neither one of us is a known brand. Neither one of us, like we are not celebrities in any way, shape or form and also don't want to be, right? Like this is also this other conflict. And I think a lot of part of what led to my burnout too is like, I don't want to be treated like I'm something special or on some pedestal above other people like because it was happening a little bit with the book and it made me 
deeply uncomfortable. Like, I don't feel the need to be somebody who has 100,000 followers and like a crowd swooning after me. I don't need that. I don't want that. I actively don't want that. But can we still make money like are doing this? And then like, but if we had more money coming in, like, you know, maybe that conference or something or other, these other things that we've talked about, like could happen, fund, right? That's what I'm saying. We're at a disadvantage. Okay, so let's go back to my original theory. At first, we were a novelty. People are excited. The novelty is worn off. We're at a disadvantage. And so the only way to claw back from that is to have hard numbers to back up our work. And get creative. And get creative. Yeah. So I think that goes back to if we want to this to be a real business and we want to be able to charge more, we've got to We've got to have the numbers. We've got to have however many thousands of listeners you need. And we don't even know. Neither of us have really treated this like a business, though. So we don't even know what that looks like. I think, I mean, you should put a a thing up like these other guys did, a reform with a calendar. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, like Peter did sponsor us, right? Like, and so, sure, we can pay him 19 bucks a month. And and I guess it integrates with like Stripe checkout. That does add more work for us because then we're, because we're splitting all this revenue and this podcast is not incorporated on its own. So like that gets kind of complicated, but you know, but then again, if it's all going into like a general pool that like pays for you and I to go to a conference once a year, then that like the we just keep track of the accounting and you know I'm good for it. Yeah, no worries about it. <laughs> I'm not an Anna Delvey for anyone else who has been obsessed <laughs> with inventing Anna the last couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess here's what I want to what I want to say about all of okay. this is the reason I'm happy with what we're doing right now. But if we're going to treat it like a business, I think we should try to make more money. And I think we should try to raise our rates. And I think we should figure that out because we're already treated, like, again, if, back to my joke, but it wasn't a joke about how we <laughs> publish this. truth every- underneath every joke. <laughs> <laughs> right? It wasn't. Is if you're not going to let me skip an episode, then, you know, it'd be nice to actually make more than $50 an episode. But, but, yeah, so the other thing I think is, imp- <laughs> the other thing that I think is important though is to me, to me, the primary value of this podcast is our relationship and our communication. I love having guests on, but I don't want to switch to a all guest format to try and grow the pod. Mm. Like if, or so, or we could just status quo what we're doing and like, just be more relaxed about it, but I can go either way. But for me, the value is, is us hanging out and me getting to brain dump on you and vice versa. So whatever we decide to do, I just don't want to lose that. I mean, so it's like until, you know, the last couple of months or so, whenever we had guests, it was only because like one of us was traveling or like schedule or whatever, like we needed, we had a gap to fill in the schedule. And I think the intent of doing more interviews was that it would make our lives easier. I don't know if it's actually like it sounds, I mean, you're putting a lot of work into having a guest on. Like it still requires a lot of scheduling for me. I have to kick Matias out of the office, make sure the dog is taking it. I mean, there's still like, all, there's, there's all of the coordination that goes into it. It still is a lot of work. And then I miss you on those weeks. I don't get to, right. you know, we chat, like we text and stuff, but like, it's not the same, but maybe we did something where it's like, you know, may, we can probably raise the rates a little bit on the episode sponsorships maybe do fewer guests, only just go back to doing them as needed. But then for all these people who are pitching us to be on, tell them, yeah, sure, we'll do a bonus episode, $500. We interview somebody from your company for a half hour and we see if anyone bites at that. And then that's expansion revenue, right? Well, no, that's not expansion revenue. That's just sort of adding 
it's adding an additional line of revenue to us. And so then if we're charging, let's say, 750 for a month of ads, which is the current rate, it's 750 for a month or a thousand for two, just because it's easier for us to manage if it's two months, because then I'm invoicing you whenever, but maybe we'll stop doing that. So let's say it's 750 a month for the sponsoring the episodes between the two of us, or if we have a special guest on, and then $500 an episode for a sponsor episode, and we do two of those a month, right? Like then we're up to 1750 a month. Like, and then it starts to feel idea. a bit more like a real business and like, and we don't feel like we're sort of, you know, squeezing our friends for sponsorships, which I mean, maybe we could do like, we could even keep the rate the same and do two ads at the beginning because, you know. No, they're already 45 you know? seconds. They're super long. Okay. They feel super long. I already think they're too long. Like when I listen okay. to it, I'm like, Ugh. that's the thing. Like this thing about ads is like, if you don't like listening to them, then that is not a great user experience. And I don't want to like, you know, go further down that path, right? Does anyone actually like listening to an ad? So, but I think a sponsor episode where we're interviewing someone and or there maybe you're getting coached by them in some way. That's really interesting. We could do yeah, something. Yeah, I think that's a cool idea. Something like unique. Yeah, half an hour or an hour episode. And we make, we do it in such a way that it's feels a bit, it doesn't, feel like somebody's getting pitched for the whole hour because that would not work either right I mean like a lot of newspapers and websites and stuff like they do this now where you do like a sponsored post I mean we actually run sponsored posts on Laryl News like so and it's just like a tutorial about how to use Geocodio with Metabase it's not hey you should use Geocodio here's this very heavy-handed like sales pitch it's just like a here's how you do this thing okay maybe we do that and then maybe we see if those are big companies that have money to burn like you know, who want to do that kind of thing, maybe, maybe that'll work. And then, cause yeah, at this point, like we're, I'm totally rambling, but we're basically covering expenses and then a little bit of extra. But if we wanted to make something bigger happen with the mission of the show, which is making founders feel less alone, it has to go beyond this point. We have to do something differently, like software, social university, software, social fund, whatever, like that is never going to happen charging 100, 150 bucks an episode as our only revenue stream. Right. Yeah, I am on board with that. How this is another problem I think we have is how do we even find those sponsors? Like, how do we even, there's got to be like a podcast sponsorship marketplace. I don't think either of us have looked into that, but we need a way to reach beyond our networks. But I, like, I have received probably hundreds of pitches from companies to have their founder or whatnot on since we okay. started this show and there's also agencies that have reached out to me and I have just replied to all of them saying please take me off your list but right. so I can reach out to them and say hey you've reached out to us in the past about guests like you know we're starting a new concept we'll have your you know we'll have your person on and heck maybe I'll swing for the fences and say it's a thousand dollars for an hour episode We'll do a sponsored episode. We'll interview them. They'll sound awesome. I'm kind of a recognized expert in interviewing. You're also pretty damn good at it. Like, and then we just see if they bite. I like and it. And then the agency, they pitch that to their clients and yeah. we see if anybody bites. But I get so many pitches from people. Like, okay. It'll be interesting to see what they, um, like what kind of demographics and numbers they want to, because that will help us learn how to build the metrics that these people want. And maybe we can position 
like the podcast better too. I've actually, I've been thinking about rereading Obviously Awesome and but yeah. I didn't have like a personal need to reread it. I was like, oh, this could be just an interesting thing that like people on my newsletter might find interesting or something. But maybe I should reread it with an eye towards positioning the podcast because we haven't really put any thought or effort into that. No. Yeah, at all. That's what I'm and saying. like, this is the podcast that like founders listen to that they like listening to that like people keep telling me that like, when they ask founders, which podcast they listen to, they name us, they say software social. And that feels like something advertisers would value. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think we should think about yeah, how we're going to position. Yeah. I love all these are, I love it. I love this idea. I am so curious to see what happens when you start reaching back out to these people and telling them we'll do a special guest episode. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I'm also really curious to see like what people listening think of all of this. Oh yeah. So we have, if you're on Twitter, which pretty much like 95% of you are, I made a Twitter community called Software Social and you can just go and actually I need a, yeah, I'll like tweet something out. I, it's in our, it's in our Twitter feed. You can find the link to it. Anybody can join it. But like, what are your ideas for, I guess, interesting other revenue ideas that allow us to kind of scale this up both in terms of revenue, I guess, and in listeners too, right? That's the other piece. How of many newsletter subscribers do you have? For Deploy Empathy? Almost 500. Okay. Because you know what, Corey, Corey Haynes, um, who is a friend of mine, he has a newsletter, and I'll have to ask him how many subscribers he has, but he sold these annual sponsorships to his newsletter, like high value annual sponsorships, which I just thought was a really cool idea. Like $15,000 for the whole year and you get, wow. you know, X number of shout out. I don't know if that was the amount. Maybe it was 10. I'll ask him when we get off the That's podcast. That's still a lot. It's a cool idea, then though, again, right? Then again, how so, many subscribers does he have? That's what right? I got to ask. Yeah. But I think traditionally, I think the way... So if you look at indie hackers, which I think is kind of like the model of monetizing a podcast, because most people don't aren't able to monetize podcasts, the community, right? So he his story, if I recall correctly, is it was the community and the, the list that marketers had budgets... And they reached out to him and they started advertising. So I think getting those people together somehow as a community eventually makes it something you can monetize as well. Yeah. But I like this first plan of like sponsored podcasts. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Bonus I would enjoy it too. sponsor episodes in addition to the two of us talking or us right. talking to another founder. Right. Totes. Yeah. I think trying to do an every other episode with a guest is becoming to be, I mean, we were just chatting the other day about just like the logistics of all of it and just keeping it straight. Yes. Like, yes. Who's when scheduling. And there's like, when the thing is, is like, there's a million people I want to have on though. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> I hard. I just want to talk to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll try that. We'll, we'll see, but let's be, let's be creative about this. Let's... I like it. I'm on board. Sounds all fun. Right. Cool. All right. Well, I will. Will I talk to you next week or do you have a guest on next week? I don't even, I don't see, this is the problem. I don't even know. I don't even know. I have to go look at like a calendar and that's not <laughs> what we signed up for with this, right? So, all right. Well, you'll hear from at least one of us next week. Maybe the both of us. Who knows? Stay tuned. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, 
Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, Megamaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Worksighted, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabel developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Convini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.